Here's Ian Kimby for breakfast, uh, 25 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Time for some headlines now uh, with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass, lads. Uh, alongside Daniel Hillier, who won the uh, British Masters this morning, fantastic result from the young Kiwi and pockets a, a nice little payday as well. Uh, Ricky Fowler, he's run, uh, won the playoff against Colin Morikawa and uh, the Canadian golfer Had, uh, Adam Hadwin in the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Fowler's having a great year this year. Gee, he's flying. And, uh, My favourite golfer, Sammy. Yeah. First time in five years. Come on, man. Yeah. He's back. Back in the orange on the final day, which is great to see, and, uh, and getting, the, getting the W. Um, we also got told uh, by one of the callers there, uh, the first stage of the Tour de France over the weekend, uh, the twin brothers. Twin brothers as well. They're not just brothers, they're twin brothers. Adam Yates and Simon Yates, separate teams. They battled it out in uh, the, the closing stages of that first stage, uh, and it was uh, Adam who pulled away from his twin brother on the first stage. Uh, Victor Lafay, the Frenchman, won stage two uh, this morning. And uh, the other headline that uh, really made waves over the weekend, boys, was this World Rugby and Sanzar Coalition to take place in 2020. 26, a global competition at the end of the year involving essentially the biggest nations in the world. In, in essence, Izzy, it's it's uh, it's a World Cup every every two years. <laughs> uh, and and the question I want to ask is two questions I want to ask for you. First of all, how how difficult is it going to be for the players now, particularly All Blacks, who are now going to have such a tough competition at the end of the year after a very long season? And the other question is, what's this going to do to the World Cup? Is it going to you know dilute the World Cup in, in some capacity? Mm. Um, there's a lot of thought process to go on about that for sure. Uh, talking about the player management and player workload, I think the players will be okay. Obviously, um, you know, like with the Super Rugby the way it is at the moment, is it demanding on the body as it was back a few years ago? Probably not. So um, this is a great opportunity to allow us to play Northern Hemisphere teams and other teams. You know, that's probably what we're lacking at the moment, Sammy and Kempe, like. The All Blacks are opportunities to play teams from the north on a on a time and time after time is probably the thing that we're lacking at the moment. So when we get an opportunity like this where we can play each other more, we don't get left behind. So I'm excited for it. I think it's new. It's 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 entertaining. It's something that New Zealand World Rugby had to do because we're getting left behind, particularly with the Five Nations, Six Nations up in the north. That competition is thriving at the moment. They've got numbers watching it. The the numbers that are watching it on broadcasting and TV is just flying at the moment. We need to do something. So we're jumping on the coattails of the North, and this is a good opportunity where we get to see the best players from the South take on the North. So, look, I'm excited by it. And then, obviously, the new t- inclusion of two teams. Who will that be? I'm predicting a, a Fiji or a Japan, potentially, that will come into the fold to make it a 12-team setup. And then they've got a Tier 2 competition to allow a promotion relegation situation so I think it's great I absolutely think it's what rugby's needed at the moment something new innovating and uh, entertaining we're getting left behind and does it dilute the world cup there are probably questions about that does it probably take away the gloss of the world cup you could probably say yes but the world cup will always be the world cup that great little golden Web, Web Alice trophy that's up for grabs that only many, a couple have been able, had the opportunity to win is, is the, the, obviously the icing on the cage. But um, well, no, I think it's good. Just, I'm, I'm excited about it, it. They just call it the World Championshipers. You know what I mean? They have it, mm. They have those, like athletics through the Worlds and then the, the Olympics and, you know, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, UEFA. Look, I, th- I, 
I think I think it's a really good concept. I like the second tier competition going underneath it as well because then you're watching mm. the growth. It, it's sort of you know the pathways for fans, for coaches, for players um, around the world that are on a on a world stage. I think it's a a very good promotion uh, relegation mm. setup. So, you know, is there too much football? That that's always the question. Where does the where does the player agencies and the and the association see the commodity, which is the player, um, in this whole setup? Do they say it's too much? Do they say it's you know okay? I think that's the that's the the small print that we have to look out here. But as far as going up there, you're dead right about the Six Nations. You're basically just expanding on that to a twelve team competition, and it'd be fantastic. Mm. And wrapping con- and wrapping context, sorry, sorry, Sammy. yeah, wrapping context around like those uh, Northern Hemisphere games at the end of the year. Is he like? I mean, we all love watching the All Blacks play and love watching them play those Northern Hemisphere teams. But there's nothing really on the line other than you know seeing nah. them play. So so wrapping a little bit of context, almost like the World Test Championship, and giving those games meaning, um, I think will keep fans interested as well. Yeah, look, and, and it, yeah, create something different. Like it's not just a money grab, and, and that's the thing. Like this is there's going to be some money generated. Through this, where does this go? This hopefully goes to the tier two nations to to build them up, create pathways, give them resources to allow them to perform and compete. But um, and just touching on the game and how many games have been played in the north, they play a hell lot, hell of a lot more rugby than the south. Mm. Clubs up there uh, have so much control over players, so there needs to be that that unity there. And I think the player management down south is probably a lot more educated than the North. They, they, they have a lot of more um, accountability for it. So, Good conversation. Brent Impey coming up after eight. Looking forward to chatting to him. And then Steve Hansen, we'll have a pre-record of him later today and we'll get his thoughts and play for you tomorrow. So plenty coming up. Yeah, and uh, and Shag's always been big on the global calendar, so I'm sure he's going to have some very interesting thoughts. So there's some headlines for you. Uh, trades uh, and Tradies and Builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. We'll take a break here on Izzy and Kibby for breakfast. When we come back, the Mantis, Jeremy Coney, live out of the UK to wrap the Ashes test number two.